All right, it is time for the Chief Zone Podcast. This is Farzi Misuki, and thank you all for downloading and listening to another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you are all having a great week. Final week leading up to the end of the season. Uh, the Super Bowl, of course, this Sunday. Crazy to, to believe. Uh, obviously, a great run for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, would have loved to extend it by one more game, but hey, you know, uh, it was a great run, and unfortunately, the Chiefs not going to be in this Super Bowl, but still a very fun one. And I really hope people do do end up watching it. I, I know a lot of people are wanting to forego this, and I'll get into that in just a moment because it is kind of weird just how this is all kind of turning out with the interest for this Super Bowl. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Facebook.com slash Farzine Visugin. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVisugin.com. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And don't forget to hit the share button as well. Spread the links for the Chief Zone podcast on social media. Fairly short episode, not a whole lot to really get into on this episode. A lot of the breaking news that happened uh, over the weekend, we touched on on the the last episode with Steve Spagnuolo being hired and Patrick Mahomes winning Pro Bowl MVP, plus DeAnthony Thomas getting into some trouble over the weekend. Not not a whole lot of news has really unfolded with the Chiefs this this week, and I assume we won't hear much about the DeAnthony Thomas situation, and to be honest, I don't think we ever will hear anything because I'm assuming he will not be brought back to Kansas City, and then it gets to a point where Andy Reid and Brett Veach, the the entire front office, they're going to give you the a response of we don't talk about players who are no longer on the team or players who are not here so therefore I don't think the Chiefs are really going to have anything to say about the situation with DeAnthony Thomas now speaking of the Chiefs obviously I mentioned they're not in the Super Bowl this weekend and a lot of people are wondering if that has anything to do with the interest in this year's Super Bowl the game between the Chiefs and the Patriots a couple of Sundays ago, that was the highest rated, most watched NFL game since last year's Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles. And I think a lot of people were watching in hopes that the Chiefs would pull off the upset. And I, I use that term upset loose because the Chiefs were the number one seed and were the favorites and at home. Uh, obviously, being the number one seed, you're going to be at home, but it still felt like there was some sort of upset element, even for the Chiefs at that point, because you are playing the Patriots, the team that uh, always make, makes it to the AFC title game, always gets to the Super Bowl, it feels like. I know they all haven't always been there, but ju- it just feels like it at, at this point. But a lot of people were hoping the Chiefs would have Pull off a win against the Patriots. And ever since the Patriots defeated the Chiefs, I saw Darren Ravel tweeted about this. Ticket prices have declined. You can find ticket prices on StubHub. Uh, and I don't know what the latest is. I checked on Tuesday or Monday. I can't rem- remember. The cheapest ticket was $2,300. Now, let me just be clear. $2,300. That's, that's a lot of money. But compared to past years for the cheapest Super Bowl ticket, boy, that is a major steal in Atlanta. I don't know how many empty seats we're going to see in this year's Super Bowl. 
I, I assume they're going to eventually sell out, but a lot of people are wondering, are people now at the point where they're, they feel like it's overdone seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Maybe even Pats fans. Now, don't get me wrong. Pats fans are never going to be tired of seeing Tom Brady and their team in the Super Bowl. And you know what? Let me just say one other thing. I know the Patriots have been playing this victim card about being underdogs and all. You know, the more I think about it, and I know Tom Brady in, in the rally before, the send-off rally, he was chanting, we're still here, and having all the Patriots fans chant along. Kind of makes me wonder, maybe the Patriots do deserve to to gloat a little bit. Maybe they've earned that, because let's be honest with ourselves. How many times the past three years have we looked at how the Patriots have started? In fact, 2014, when they got destroyed by the Chiefs, everybody talked about how the Belichick and Brady ways are over what happens or what happened I should say they won the Super Bowl against the Seahawks what happened last season when the Chiefs uh, on banner night uh, for the Patriots to kick off the 2017 season destroyed the the Patriots and the Patriots got off to a 2-2 start everyone doubted the Patriots this year when the Browns had a better record than the Patriots through the first three weeks everyone doubted the Patriots it seems like the Patriots kind of have themselves where they want to be when they struggle early because they get to the Super Bowl one way or another. And maybe Tom Brady and the Pats do. And listen, I know the Patriots fans are fired up, but even some of the biggest Patriots homers have doubted this team from time to time because of Brady's age and that maybe there are other teams on the rise like the Chiefs. But you're not seeing anyone else dethrone the Patriots, at least not as of right now. So I think this Patriots team has kind of earned the bragging rights, whether you want to agree with that or not. Uh, but the crazy thing is, ticket prices are going down and going back to the level of interest from Patriots fans. Listen, a lot of fans want to be there when their team makes it to a championship game. And... At some point for a Patriots fan who's been to eight Super Bowls, these are pretty pricey events to go to when you consider, you know, air travel, hotel, and all that. Some people may be driving on the road, and that's still pretty expensive. But assuming people have lives and they're spending their money on other leisures and activities... I mean, it eventually adds up uh, as to how much money you're really spending on going to see your team in person in the Super Bowl. And it kind of got people wondering, even Patriots fans, are they kind of just tired of the fact that they're paying? Because let me ask this. If you're a Patriots fan and you've been to every single Super Bowl, and maybe there are some Patriots fans who cherish every single one that they've been to. I'm sure there are a few Patriots fans who've been to all eight. Maybe they're about to go to all nine, but... There are probably even some Patriots fans that at some point maybe even say, you know what, it's fun seeing my team in the Super Bowl, but attending every single time, maybe at some point it loses its uh, its its magic in some way. Because it is a very special moment to see your team in the Super Bowl. And maybe for some Pats fans, it just gets old. And I, let me just say this. I don't know if there is a Super Bowl that would top the... Falcons win because the win over the Falcons I should say uh because at that point again people are just talking about how Brady's old he's got to be considering retirement 
And right now, I, you just got to think to yourself, this Patriots team has been doubted a lot. And for them to, and I guarantee you a lot of people during that Super Bowl when the Patriots were down by 25, everyone said, let's look forward to the next generation of players for the Patriots. The new quarterback, who's it going to be? Because Brady should be retiring now. And of course, Brady and the Patriots do the unthinkable and they form that big comeback against the Falcons and obviously win in the first ever overtime period in NFL uh, Super Bowl history. So you look at everything the Patriots have gone through, but at some point you just kind of wonder, do, does it get old? I don't know. I, I know it sounds silly to think that nine Super Bowls would get old at some point. Uh, again, I'm not saying Patriots fans, they, they're so annoyed and tired and it feels tedious that their team continues to go there, but maybe that level of interest, it, it's got to go down at some point. Let me let me put it to you this way. When the Royals made it to the playoffs, I, I mean the, the town sh- the, the the town basically went on shutdown mode in that wild card game against the Athletics in 2014. When the Chiefs make it to the playoffs, it's a pretty special moment because and now we're kind of at the point now where we expect the Chiefs to go to the playoffs. This is not a holy cow, it's it happens once every 5 years. Now it's happening more often uh, with the Chiefs. Going to an AFC title game, that obviously is a brand new thing. That We've never seen an AFC title game in Arrowhead before. Now let me go one step further here. What about when KU Basketball plays in the NCAA tournament? KU Basketball punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament isn't anything crazy. For K-State fans, maybe they, they they go crazy about it because K-State does not make it to the NCAA tournament every single year. Missouri doesn't make it to the NCAA tournament every single year. A lot of people in Manhattan and Columbia, I mean, they go crazy for that. Whereas in Lawrence, I, I mean, does does every KU fan honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people might be working uh, during the round of 64, which is the first round, second round, whatever you want to call the round of 64 now. Uh, I hear it both ways, but the round of 64, KU's first game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I know a lot lot of times those games happen during the day and some people are at work. Let me just be honest here. As a KU fan, and I'm not, I know we saw number one seed get upset recently, but let's be honest. If you're at work and you're missing a number one seed KU game, are you fretting over that? Because let's be honest, I think KU fans, they're expecting a second round. Yeah, sure, they lost a couple of times, but it's just expected now at this point. So going back to my point with the Patriots, is appearing in the Super Bowl just expected? Because going to an AFC title game for New England, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm sure whenever the Patriots have AFC championship games in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium, I'm sure those ticket prices are high. I'm sure the city is going crazy about it. But the way people in Kansas City reacted this year, it's not the same as the way people do it in Foxborough. Let's let's back it up and go all the way to the very first time the Patriots made it to the Super Bowl. I'm sure that was a big deal in Boston because that was before all the Boston sports teams went on this crazy surge of championships throughout the city with the Bruins and the, the Celtics and the Red Sox. Uh, but but when now at this point the Red Sox going to a World Series is that 
that I mean that that that's expected now at this point. I imagine if you're a Boston sports fan, I imagine going to a Super Bowl at the very least an AFC title game. That's not a big deal in Boston. I know that sounds silly to say from a Kansas City standpoint because we go crazy over that kind of stuff. So I don't know. A lot of people are blaming. I'm I'm just telling you guys what I've heard. Because a lot of people are looking at ticket prices for the Patriots, or the Super Bowl, I should say. And it is very, very low compared to past years. Thought that would be something interesting I'd throw out there. Uh, the Chiefs losing maybe uh, threw a wrinkle in the interest for the Super Bowl. I don't know. A lot of people were, were thrilled for that Rams and Chiefs game on Monday Night Football, and they were really hoping for a rematch. We were just one game away from that, of course. The Rams we knew advanced by the time the Chiefs and Pats kicked off, so who knows? Uh, we'll see uh, how the interest is. We'll see the ratings. I, I, you know, a lot of people are saying they're not going to watch. I don't believe them. If the Rams are winning twenty-eight nothing at halftime, every single person is going to turn on their TVs if they haven't. Because how often is it that, that you see Brady and the Pats get blown out like that? Everyone's going to want to tune in to see that for sure. Now, real quickly, before we go to our Super Bowl breakdown, and it's not going to be a full full blown breakdown, excuse me, like we usually do for our Chiefs games. But uh, we're going to go over the game. We're also going to go over prop bets. I have a list of prop bets. I have not looked at them. Uh, I've heard about a couple of these here and there, but I have not looked at them before. So we're going to go through them. Uh, this is going to be my first time reading all these prop bets. I'm sure there's the coin toss, the national anthem timing. Uh, who is a player going to the the Super Bowl MVP going to thank? Those kinds of things. Uh, the, the, the color of the streamers, those kinds of things. Uh, but there are also some, uh, really interesting ones, uh, that are listed online. Uh, so we'll read some of those here on the podcast, but real quickly, before we move on, uh, because it is a Chiefs Zone podcast, we got to have some sort of a Chiefs topic on here. I put together a list, five things the Chiefs need to do to make it to next year's Super Bowl. So I put together a list. What do the Chiefs have to do to get to the Super Bowl next year? February the 2nd in Miami, Super Bowl 54. Five things the Chiefs must do to get to next year's Super Bowl. You could look at this as improvements for the offseason and as the year goes along. Here's number one on the list. Improve the offensive line. Mahomes was sacked 26 times, which not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, But he also kept that total fairly low by using his mobility. Look at the... Top 15 passers in terms of pass attempts. There are 15 quarterbacks who threw 500 passes in 2018. Mahomes was one of them. He had the fourth fewest sacks among those 15. But even an improvement with that offensive line, I think could really go a long way and help this offense down the road. I think that's my only complaint about this offense. And that's the only improvement I want to see for 2019. Number two, stop the damn run. Kansas City was 27th against the run. Finished, unable to finish tackles. Lots of missed tackles. You've got to wrap up and bring these guys down. The Chiefs were able to close in on a lot of these ball carriers, receivers, running backs, whatever you want to call them. I, I mean, and I know I'm saying stop the run, but you could also talk about the whole finishing tackles part against the pass too, but... Uh, man, uh, I think a big reason why the Chiefs have done so poorly against the run uh, historically is because of bad tackling. And the Chiefs haven't had that. Uh, a, a good, cohesive, defensive unit to 
have a good tackling uh, season. And you look at Kansas City, they've got to do better in that area. Who knows how much the 4-3 change is going to really help with that, but I think that's going to be one of them right there. You got to you gotta finish tackles. And I think by doing so, you'll be able to stop the run better. Number three, seventh worst third down defense in the NFL. Improve on that. By the, by the way, they were seventh worst last year as well. And the Patriots game, boy, uh, that is evidence of it. 13 of 19 uh, in, uh, in third downs for the, Pat, for the Pats offense. Uh, Patriots converted on all three of their third downs in overtime. And I mentioned this before, and I'll keep saying it. All of those three third down conversions were third and 10 plays. Not good for that Chiefs defense. Why is it that you're so good on first and second down, but you just collapse on third down? I mean, there's got to be something that C. Spagnuolo has got to figure out with this Chiefs uh, defense, rather, for 2019. Number four, play smarter, especially on special teams. This was not a good year for Dave Tobe, who is considered the best special teams coordinator in the NFL uh, look, Tyreek Hill, I know everyone loves him. I'm a huge Tyreek Hill fan, but he's tried to do way too much on special teams. You look at the Patriots game where he uh, tried to do too much, started going backwards, and that also uh, led uh, to an illegal block in the back, and that forced the Chiefs to go pretty much deep against their own, uh, their backs against the end zone, essentially. And because the Chiefs got too conservative there, uh, being in, in their own area, uh, backed up like that they didn't do much and they punted the football and that led to an easy uh easy field goal for the Patriots they had a great starting field position and look they would have loved the touchdown out of that but they were able to get some sort of points and I think a big part of that had to do because of Tyreek Hill trying to do too much uh, you also saw it in the Rams game this year where he fielded punts and because his momentum kept carrying him back to try to catch that punt it threw him into the end zone, which he can't stop right there because that's a safety and he had to make some sort of a play and the Chiefs offense was forced to start deep in their own territory. That's not a good thing. You don't ever want to see that. I think Tyree Kill, and we saw this with Dante Hall too, trying too much. Once Dante Hall got into this elite rhythm as a kick returner, uh, and I think Tyree Kill, the play that a lot of remember the most, uh, is the one against the Chargers in the end of the 2016 season where he fielded a punt at the five and ran all the way back to the end zone. He actually had to stiff arm Steve Nelson, to, his own teammate, to not get pushed out of bounds and, uh, ma- and managed to get through. And that was a big reason why the Chiefs were able to create a big gap and pretty much take the division away from the Raiders at that point at that time. Uh, but look, Tyreek Hill's got to realize... Sometimes you're just going to have a punt return and it's not going to go your way. You just need to let him take you down, uh, go down while you're at it, or just go out of bounds. Uh, But he always tries to make something happen uh, of it, and that hurts football teams. It really does. You cannot afford to do that. Special teams is a big part of the game, just like offense and defense. I know we, we don't see it as much, but it really can make that difference. Look, people want to complain about the overtime period. Let's say you win a kick return. Or let's say you win the coin toss and you choose to get the kick return. I know the Chiefs have had Tremont Smith there this year as their primary kick returner, but don't you think in an overtime period, wouldn't the Chiefs be smart by putting Tyree Kill back there, especially for a playoff game? If you have an elite return guy, you definitely want to put him back. And the Chiefs have two good returners 
Uh, Tyreek Hill is a punt return guy. He also can do some stuff as a kick returner. And we know what Traymond Smith is capable of. No no touchdowns for him this year, but uh, was a couple of plays away from having a couple of those this year. So we know the Chiefs have got to do better on special teams. Number five, the last one, aggressive play calling. I've got to say, man, for all the years we've been critical with Andy Reid, this was by far the best season for the Chiefs under Andy Reid in terms of aggressiveness and play calling. And maybe Mahomes had something to do with it, although Alex Smith made some plays, but we did see the offense get limited in the red zone last year. If you're wondering what the number is for that, Kansas City was second best in the NFL this year, slightly behind Pittsburgh at 73% uh, for best red zone offense. Uh, In 2017, the Chiefs were at 45%, fourth worst red zone offense in the NFL. So maybe the Mahomes switch had a big part of it. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, And by the way, speaking of Mahomes and the switch, uh, that did unofficially happen uh, this past week, a year ago. If you remember, people talked about how the Chiefs stole the Super Bowl thunder when they traded away Alex Smith and pretty much was the confirmation that they're moving on with the Patrick Mahomes era at this point and... That is something that uh, yeah, that really gave confirmation, and, and I think you were happy to see that because you wanted to move on with your quarterback that you traded up 13 spots for, and there was a lot of promise for him. And obviously, look what happened this year with, with Patrick Mahomes. So those are my five keys. And look, I'm expecting to, the offense. It's going to be hard to be you know, third-best scoring offense in NFL history, but I expect the Chiefs to do a lot of things, again, historically offensively. I I think they can keep that up. The Chiefs had a lot of good luck this year with injuries. What was their worst injury this year? Sammy Watkins? Again, that that hurt the Chiefs a little bit offensively, but you still had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And even without Kareem Hunt, this offense was still getting the ball moving. And they were scoring. They were putting up a lot of points without Sammy Watkins. When he came back, offense was far more dynamic. You saw them blow out the uh, the Colts in the playoffs, and they put up 30-plus points again against the Patriots. So this is an offense that can do a lot, and staying healthy, hopefully you can continue to do, to do that because if you do so, uh, this could be another great year for the Chiefs offense, especially if the offensive line improves. We'll see how all of that pans out. Those are my five keys. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21, and my email Farzine at Farzine Vesugian. Dot com. All right, this is uh, the fun part. Uh, Super Bowl prop bets. Uh, I know people are into this kind of stuff, uh, as am I. I have not read these yet. I wanted to react to them for the first time while doing the podcast. So uh, this is from oddshark.com. They probably don't have all of the uh, all of the uh, prop bets on here. Probably the most popular ones. Uh, so let's go through it. Uh, coin toss, heads or tails. Okay, this is, of course, a, a normal one. Uh, both set at, uh, minus 105. I'm just gonna go tails. Tails never fails. That's just, uh, that, that, that's just the one that I think, uh, a lot of people like to, uh, go with. Super Bowl MVP, uh, Brady the favorite. Jared Goff, uh, second. And then you got a lot of other players who are a distant uh, you got Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, C.J. Anderson, Aaron Donald, James White. Uh, I mean, it, the list goes on and on, and they're in the thousands. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Sony Michelle is going to be your Super Bowl MVP, the rookie who's done a lot for this Patriots offense. He really has. 
Uh, Brady, yeah, he just has not been a top five quarterback this year. Not to say he's going to have a terrible game, but I think Sony Michelle is really going to be the more viable option. That's how the Patriots were able to get through in their playoff games this year because of Sony Michelle's activity, because of the ground game. You saw what James White did against the uh, against the Chargers and Sony Michelle against the Chiefs. I think this uh, Patriots team they're going to throw the ball a lot uh, with Brady, but. They're going to finish a lot of their drives with Sony Michelle, and I think that is what will lead him to being a Super Bowl MVP. So I'm going to go with Sony Michelle on that one. Going to go out on a bit of a limb there. Uh, this is, a, of, of, of course, a really interesting one. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? Uh, favorite is plus 175 teammates, plus 190 God, uh, plus 500 family or family member, uh, plus 550 the owner, plus 1,000 the city, plus uh, 1,100 the coach. Or does not mention any of the above at plus 400. I'm going to go with God. Uh, simply because that's what a lot of uh, athletes mention first. So I'm going to go with the second favorite on this one, which is God. How many plays will Tony Romo correctly predict during the game? This is great. By the way, Romo was asked if he had any hand in firing. If he thinks he had a hand in firing Bob Sutton. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, over seven and a half at minus one forty, or under seven and a half. Even I'm gonna go over seven and a half. Why not? It's Tony Romo's first Super Bowl. Uh, let him let him go at it. Uh, I think he's gonna bask in the moment and just go crazy with it, just so, so social media can have fun with it. Uh, because let's be honest, even even the worst Super Bowl, social media finds a way to make it entertaining. Uh, that's just the truth. Here's another Tony Romo one. What will Tony Romo be doing at the start of the 2019 NFL season? Uh, Okay, that's kind of an interesting one. I don't know what that has to do with the Super Bowl. Minus 500 TV analysts, plus 300 playing in the NFL. uh, Plus 500 uh, offensive coordinator, plus 1600 defensive coordinator. Look, I don't think he's going to play. I'm surprised uh, that is a bigger favorite over the coaching ones. I'm going to say he's going to remain in TV. I, I think he's enjoying it. He really is. So I think he's going to continue to uh, to do so. How many times will Ted Rath be mentioned? Okay, I'm going to plead ignorance here. I don't know who Ted Rath is. Oh, okay. I, know, okay, I, I, I just Googled his name. Ted Rath, okay. Uh, so I, I never mentioned this, but Ted Rath has a job with the uh, with the Rams where all he does is he spots Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, make sure that nobody gets, uh, that, that make sure that he doesn't get run over. I mean, because apparently Sean McVay can't see for himself. I don't understand that. So Ted Rath, I did not know that was his name. Ted Rath is going to be the guy who, uh, who spots him. Uh, I don't think they're, they're going to mention his name at all. So I'm going to go under on that one. How many replays will be shown of Ted Rath uh, holding Sean McVay back? Okay, I'll go over on that one, uh, which is one and a half. How many times will the broadcast mention Sean McVay's age? Uh, Over one and a half, under one and a half. I'm going to go under on that one. That is at plus 135. How long will the uh, national anthem take? Over 147, minus 160. Under 147, plus 120. Uh, I'll go the under on that one. Uh, what will uh, Gladys Knight be wearing? A skirt, uh, dress, or gown? Or will she be wearing a skirt, dress, or gown to sing the U.S. National Anthem? I'll say yes. Why not? Uh, will there be a word omitted from the National Anthem? I'm going to say no. 
will a player take a knee during the national anthem? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 700. I'm going to say no on that one. I'm sure we'll see some sort of a protest, but I don't think we're going to see a player take a knee. I was actually surprised to see that one there. Uh, I'm going to skip over uh, total Donald Trump tweets on February the 3rd. By the way, uh, I don't want to get too much into this, but um, he is going to talk to CBS. He did not talk to NBC last year. I know he's got... A bit of a vendetta with CNN and and NBC News. Uh, Last year, NBC broadcasted the Super Bowl. This year, it's CBS. He has done some interviews with CBS, so I think he's allowing it. And look, CBS, CBS Sports, uh, all the entertainment, I'm sure they're all going to bask in this opportunity to promote themselves since they've got the biggest television broadcast of the year. Uh, NBC does it. Fox does it. They'll, they'll, They'll all do it when they have the big game. So, uh, uh, one of the biggest stories this year is that Donald Trump will be doing an interview with CBS after not doing one with NBC last year before the Super Bowl. Uh, as far as Trump tweeting, uh, I'm going to say, so here's the question. Total Donald Trump tweets on February the 3rd. It doesn't mention tweets from him about the game. The guy tweets all the time. Uh, over six or under six? I'm going over six. Uh, both listed at minus 120. Will Trump attend the game? I'm going to say no on this one. I'm going to say no. What color will the liquid be that is poured on the game-winning coach? Oh, boy. Uh, lime, green, yellow, all in one at plus 225. Orange at plus 300. Blue at 375. Red at 300. I'm going to go red. That's my favorite color, so I'm going to go with red. Will a fan run onto the field during the game? Yes at plus 800. No uh, minus uh, 2,500. I'm going to go no on that one. Uh, Let me see. I'm going to skip over a few of these. Let me see if I can read a couple of more. Uh, How many songs will be played by Maroon 5 during the halftime show? Over 7.5, under 7.5, both at minus 120. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on that one. Uh, Oh, this is a good one. Uh, What will be the first song? Performed by Maroon 5. Uh, boy. Makes me wonder at even. One more night. Plus 550. Moves like Jagger at 600. Uh, boy, there are a lot of good li- uh, choices here. I want to go uh, Moves Like Jagger. Uh, I, I mean, it's a good song. Probably just lost a few listeners by saying that. But, hey, I don't mind Maroon 5. I really don't. Uh, I, I'm not picky about music like a lot of people are. I'm really not. Uh, but moves like Jagger, I think that's like their most upbeat song. So I think that would be a good way to start off the Super Bowl. So I'm going with moves like Jagger. Uh, what will be pre- the predominant color of Adam Levine's top at the start of the halftime show? Black at minus 200. Any other color at minus, uh, plus 150? I'll go black. Why not? Uh, will he be wearing a hat? I don't care for some of these. Will Christina Aguilera make an appearance? I'm going to go no. At that. uh, that's a uh, minus 400. Will a non? This is a good one. Will a non QB throw a touchdown? Plus 350 for yes. Minus 600 for no. I'm going to go no on that one. Uh, will a QB throw for 400 or more yards? Yes at plus 275. No at minus 450. I will go. I'll go no on that one. I think Sony Michelle will have a, a a bigger impact in the game, and of course Todd Gurley is a big part of that. Rams offense. Uh, will a touchdown be overturned by replay? That'll be fun. 
Uh, I'll go no on that one. Minus 220. Will a player be ejected for throwing a punch or fighting? Uh, yes, at plus 700. No, uh, 1600. Minus 1600. Uh, I'll go no on this one. Players are not going to lose that kind of an opportunity. Uh, let me see uh, if there are any other interesting ones. How many uh, commercials will run? Both at minus 120, over, under at 96. I'll go I'll go over on that one. Why not? Uh, which commercial will uh, will appear first? Expensify at minus 200. TurboTax at plus 150. I'll go TurboTax because that's been getting a lot of coverage lately. Uh, which will appear first? Doritos or Pringles? I'll go Doritos minus 135. Uh, boy, there are a lot of which commercial will appear first, and they compare a lot of these, uh, I mean, there's Bud beer commercials, car commercials, uh, let me see if I can find one more, will there be an onside kick attempt, yes, one, uh, minus 150, no, plus 110, I'm going to go a no on that one, let me know your thoughts on any of these prop bets, if there's one that you like that I didn't mention, or if you think... Uh, there's one that you strongly disagree with on one of the ones I mentioned. Let me know your thoughts. Again, you guys know the social media, facebook.com slash Farzivzugian and at Farzivzugian21 on Twitter. All right, let's break this down. The uh, Patriots and the Rams. Not going to be a very lengthy breakdown like like we do with our Chiefs games, as I mentioned earlier. Let's start with the Rams on offense because I think that is a very interesting offense that the Patriots are going to be going up against. You've got some good defensive linemen on that Patriots defense and Trey Flowers, uh, Morris Claiborne, of course, does some good things in the middle there. Uh, Hightower, again, another impact player on that defensive line. Uh, That is a very good offensive line for the Rams, though. Very good offensive line. Rob Havenstein does a lot. Andrew Whitworth. I mean, this is an offensive line that people have had a very hard time trying to beat. Sullivan, the center for the Patriots. John Sullivan, not a very good center. uh, But still, that's their only weak point on that offensive line. And you look at what they have all around with Todd Gurley and what he's able to do. And if Todd Gurley's not an option for Jared Goff, well, look who he's got all over the area. You've got Brandon Cooks, former New England Patriot, Gerald Everett, the uh, tight end. Uh, You've also got uh, a very good slot receiver in Robert Woods. And it's not like the Chiefs offense where the, the opportunities and the options are boundless, but... You've got some good options right there with this uh, Rams offense. And look who you're going up against. I mentioned the defensive line, the secondary for the Patriots. Stephon Gilmore having a very good season. Only one of two players that got voted in as a pro bowler. The other one, of course, being Tom Brady, who maybe not a pro bowler this year. But, uh, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, shockingly the only other guy not named Tom Brady uh, that was voted in. Uh, and he's capable of making plays. Of course, had a pick last, uh, or not last week against the Chiefs, but the uh, the week before against the Chargers, he made some plays there. Uh, had a couple of interceptions during the season, but more of a lockdown, shutdown corner type of guy. And you look at Devin McCourty and what he's capable of as a cornerback. And the other McCourty, uh, Jason McCourty, the slot cornerback, uh, going up against Robert Woods. That's going to be a very exciting matchup. And it's going to be pretty close, but I think Todd Gurley, is going to be available for the most part for Jared Goff, and that's going to be the difference maker. And, you know, Kareem Hunt, I think, is a great comparison to Todd Gurley. Uh, and the very similar backs, and I think that is what you're going to see the Rams do is utilize Todd Gurley. If the Rams do win this football game, Todd Gurley is going to be your MVP for the Rams. But uh, I, I've got the Patriots winning this one, as I mentioned. Looking at that Patriots offense... 
Very, very good offensive line. If you look at Pro Football Focus, all of the offensive linemen are rated at 70 or above, which is very good for an offensive line by PFF standards. As far as receivers go, Edelman and Gronk, I mean, even though they're not having the greatest seasons, especially Gronk, they just find a way to get through when you really need them the most. Uh, That's just really how it's been. For this Patriots team. Chris Hogan. uh, One of the uh, primary receivers for Tom Brady. Uh, Dwayne Allen. Another option for Tom Brady to work with. I believe Dwayne Allen was a longtime Colt. If I remember correctly. Unless I'm getting it mixed up with somebody else. Uh, I mentioned uh, Sony Michelle. And don't forget about Rex Burkhead. Another uh, option who the Patriots have at running back. It feels like they've got maybe the best depth in the NFL. When it comes to the running back position. But this is a Patriots team that is going to face the best defense. They've ever faced this year. I know Marcus Peters not having the greatest season. A keep to lead. Former Kansas Jayhawk has been playing consistently well all year long. Peters, you just never know if he ever breaks through. Might be motivated to do much better. And plus, you're going up against Chris Hogan, who hasn't had a very good season. The biggest challenge is going to be Tom Brady going up against Aaron Donald, who a lot of people feel like should be getting at least some consideration for MVP. Uh, definitely Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Nadavik and Sue, another dangerous player on that defensive line. Uh, this is a defensive line that a lot of offenses have had a lot of trouble trying to uh, keep down here. Uh, you look at LaMarcus Joyner and John Johnson the third, good defensive backs on this football team, uh, but it's really that defensive front that I think is going to give Brady trouble in this football game. I think this is going to be a far... Surprising Super Bowl to a lot of people. Might not be the most exciting Super Bowl. By the way, very fun fact that I don't think anyone's noticed. I saw this uh, tweeted, I forgot by who, uh, but I mentioned this on Facebook. Out of the eight Super Bowls the Patriots have been in, they have scored in the first quarter a combined three points, and that was in last year's Super Bowl against the Eagles. So the Patriots don't score very early in these Super Bowls, and I think that will be the case This year, in fact, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because both defenses are pretty good. I think the Rams' defense is slightly better, and I think the Rams' offense may be able to move the ball a little bit more, but doesn't mean they'll be able to score as much. And I think you're going to see both quarterbacks have some issues, and you'll see some turnovers in this football game. I think you're going to see some of that. I don't know what the record is for most turnovers in a Super Bowl, but I think this, this Super Bowl right here... I think that has the uh, chance to break the record for most giveaways in a single Super Bowl. So that is something that I think uh, could happen in this game. But for the most part, I've got the Patriots winning. And I think Sony Michelle is going to be the uh, the impact player in this one. I've got the Patriots winning. Low scoring game, 14-10. to 10. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzimasugian. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and Spotify. And share the links as well. Again, my final score, Patriots 14 Rams 10. Let me know your thoughts uh, in reaction to my score right there. Of course, I'll uh, put put out a post asking for you guys for your score as we do uh, like we've done for every Chiefs game, but of course we'll also do that for the Super Bowl as well. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people responding that they're not going to watch, but uh, look, you can pretend all you want. I think everyone's going to be 
watching the Super Bowl at some point, or you at least watch, keep track of it on your phone. I mean, come on. It's the Super Bowl. It comes once a year. You, it, it, even if you have no interest in the game, the commercials, the halftime show, I mean, it's a big spectacle. You can't say you're going to forego the Super Bowl. It comes once a year. Because in two weeks, you'll regret it. You'll be tweeting about how much you miss football. Trust me. I already miss the Chiefs football. You Trust me, I miss that a lot. 14-10, that is my Super Bowl prediction for New England. Sony Michelle, your Super Bowl MVP. Let me know your thoughts on social media. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and share the links as well. Big thanks to you guys for downloading and listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. We will recap the Super Bowl. More off-season talk, more Chiefs talk, and then we will do another episode on Friday. And next week will be the last time we will have a bi-weekly episodes for the Chiefs on Podcast. We will return to once a week, plus we'll do a podcast immediately anytime there's any big news, breaking news in the NFL or for the Kansas City Chiefs that needs to be discussed. So a lot of fun doing the podcast this year, and I appreciate everyone who has tuned in as the season has gone along, and we will continue that once the NFL offseason gets underway, uh, pretty much when the Super Bowl ends. So we will continue that on the podcast as well. Once again, enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Take care.